This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, and this is The Full Story. Buying a home is a difficult process. First, there's getting the money together for a deposit, which isn't easy when Australia boasts some of the most expensive housing markets in the world. And then there's finding the right house. Many home buyers have told Guardian Australia that information listed about their dream home, from the photos to the price, just isn't accurate. And the whole process can leave them feeling frustrated and betrayed. Some working within this system also say that it's poorly regulated and needs an overhaul. Today, how to sell a home. It's Monday, the 12th of September. So, Caitlin, you recently had not one, but two professional photographers take photos of your home. Can you explain why? Yeah, so I've been looking into the real estate industry and the kind of tactics that they use to get in buyers. Caitlin Cassidy is a reporter for Guardian Australia. You know, real estate impacts almost all of us, um, but we haven't really been interrogating the practices that are behind it. And one massive part of that is the photography. Mm. So we thought it would be really fun to get pictures taken of a reporter's house, and I ended up offering up my own. It's massive, it's old, it's um, rambling. Who's the little one that goes the other way? No, absolutely. I keep going to zoom in on your camera. So we had one photographer, our pictures editor, Carly Earl. Right, so I guess we'll do the kitchen or the bathroom next. Walking around and just taking editorial snaps of each room. Pooch, get out of the shop. And then we had a real estate photographer who was taking the images as if you would for a shoot that would then go for a listing for a house that was going to auction. The real estate photographer, we can't use her real name, but let's call her Christine. They photographed seven spaces. So we did the kitchen, the living rooms, the bathroom, my bedroom, which was great, and <laughs> the pool. Well, I wish I'd put my And afterwards, I sat down with Carly with both sets of the photos to see how different they were. Um, so you'll be happy to hear that we have got the final images in from the real estate photographer. Uh, she has sent us over some photoshopped files of your house. Anyway, it looks quite amazing. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole bunch of different things which she's done in terms of editing to make your house look like it's very sellable. Which it is. Of course it is. <laughs> It looks great. And you can actually see these photos online. So we've got an article where we put the images next to each other and the results are pretty incredible. Right, so how did the two different sets of photos turn out? So, Caitlin, I'm going to show you. The first one I'd like to show you, which I think is actually the most dramatic. So the first shot she showed me was of the pool. The pool is horrible for context. It's pretty grim. And I... <laughs> We have a constant argument in the house about who is going to clean the pool and no one cleans the pool. The pool was terrible. <laughs> Not so much anymore. Wow. So here is your pool. It has never looked that clean. Carly, I think, said it looked like a Cairns bungalow, which is 
insane because um, it looked really clean and it usually isn't. So Christine had photoshopped out like all these leaves and imperfections. It looks amazing and the saturation is insane. Like from memory this was quite a cloudy day and it just looks beautiful and tropical and blue. It does And the pool is not blue. It's like moss-filled, leaf-filled. It's also not 50 metres. Yeah. It looks like a 50-metre pool. No, not at all. What else had been photoshopped in the photos? So it wasn't just the pool, for instance, in the lounge room. And I do not recall there being a fire. No, no fire. And yet in this one there is a beautiful burning fire. So in the lounge room we have a non-functioning fireplace. Um, We're not allowed to use it. And she photoshopped in this beautiful inviting fire, which she said, especially in winter, people want to see a fire because it's inviting, it's warm, it's friendly. Did it look like a real fire? Yeah, 100%. Like it looked like a functioning fireplace. It looked beautiful. It's never looked like that. It's just got really grim pieces of wood. (laughs) Okay, this is the external shot of the house from the street. So this is the photoshopped version. It looks like we have this beautiful grass that just doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) So then out the front of the house, it's been muddy uh, since I've lived there because it hasn't stopped raining, and she photoshopped in all these um, bits of grass and it looked super green and beautiful and lush. Um, fake which, grass. Yeah, yeah, fake grass, which is apparently really, really common in almost every listing, especially because of the weather we've been having. Mm. They've been photoshopping in grass into properties. There was a comment, I believe, or a quote from the photographer when I was asking her about when it comes to photoshopping, are there rogue real estate agents who are happy to let their editors go wild and paint in grass? And I think her response was something along the lines of, oh, no, we all paint in grass, but you just can't tell with ours. What she basically said was everyone does it, it's just you only notice it if they do it badly. What do you mean badly? So my favourite example of this is an Adelaide listing that um, came into the news with headlines calling it Chernobyl grass because it was so toxically green. It looked like green waste and it looked like they'd literally gone onto paint (laughs) and just like photoshopped in all this grass. It was just like, it didn't even look like grass. It was just like layers of green (laughs) out the front of the property. They'd selected bright green on MS paint (laughs) and gone thousands of little stalks (laughs) Like an acidic green. (laughs) Um, And it was just so stupid that they ended up basically having to apologise. So another thing that was interesting is how climate affects the way that you're photoshopping. So, for instance, they always add a blue sky um, because that makes everything look more beautiful and bright. But then because of La Nina, they also always add more greens and more saturated colours because everything is looking so wet and grim. Yeah, that first shot is what I imagine Sydney's hopefully going to be like at some point with the sun shining and the green grass. That's hot girl summer and then... (laughs) (laughs) How common is photoshopping in real estate photos, Caitlin? Do, does everyone do this? Essentially, yes, everyone does this. Uh, it just depends to what extent. Um, but most tricks are actually employed before an image goes to edit. So Christine uses this wide-angle lens, so about 16 millimetres, which helps to add this sense of massive scale. Using a lens like that expands the space beyond what you can actually see with the physical eye. So it kind of encompasses the entire room, which you can't do with a regular camera. When shooting on a lens, which is more like a 24mm lens, Mm. which is 
in terms of uh, layman's terms, it's like looking in a real time. Mm. You can't see all the additional space. It's off to the left-hand side here. But in the picture which she's edited, it looks you see double the, whole the size. Room. Yeah. yeah. It makes these tiny, pokey, dark rooms look like they go for miles. Right. So special lenses that make rooms look enormous. What else? So the other technique that Christine uses is to do with lighting. And I think what we've spoken about before, one of the most amazing things that the photographers can do in that situation Mm. is creating multiple exposures. Mm. So there's this technique that they call bracketing, which is essentially you get these multiple photos of the same space with different exposures. So these photographers will shoot, say, 10 different frames locked off on a tripod of the exact same image. And then they will, in post-production, stitch those images together with a whole bunch of different exposures. So you'll get the correct lighting outside the windows, you'll get the correct lighting of the internal lights, you'll get the correct lighting of the table, the hallway, the staircase. And in any normal camera, that's just not possible. Right, so a single photo is actually a collage of a bunch of different photos where a different part of the room is lit perfectly. That feels pretty creative, Caitlin. Were you surprised by this? Yeah, it's actually mind-blowing what it ends up looking like. I just feel like every time I've been to a rental inspection and been like, that's so weird. Why does the house look nothing like it did in the listing? Now I understand why. Because, like, I love the house that I live in. It's beautiful, but it doesn't look like that. It's never looked that good, no matter how clean or whatever, how beautiful a day it's been. So, um, yeah, I am in shock um, and I'll never take grass for granted again. So, Caitlin, I'm wondering if there are any rules for all of this because these tactics could be seen as deceptive. You are creating a false image of what a room or what a house looks like, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there are things that you can and can't do. And Christine told me that the industry has come a long way. So when she started, you know, people were photoshopping out telegraph poles and stop signs um, that you really can't do anymore because that is deliberately false and misleading. Mm. So according to New South Wales Fair Trading, and rules do differ across states and territories, agents have to ensure photographs in real estate advertising aren't misleading and convey accurate information for the buyer. And an image can mislead if it leads to a reasonable belief in the existence of a state of affairs that does not in fact exist, or by acts of silence or omission. So that's something like including a picture of a beach view that in reality isn't there. Right, so fires in fireplaces, okay, but fake beach views, not okay. Exactly. But in reality, there have been no fines issued by New South Wales Fair Trading for misleading or false real estate photography in the past year, mm. even though the maximum penalty for breaking Australian consumer law is $1.1 million for a company. Mm. So it's a pretty high fine, but it's not really being enforced. Is it, that fair yeah, to say? it isn't being enforced, um, at least in the past year. So regulations have tightened, but there are still ways to get around them, clearly. And Christine was telling me that, you know, even though there are some things that you can't Photoshop out, you can actually manipulate the framing when you're taking the photo. So she told me, you know, I can hide things. I can shoot lower. I can shoot further across. And in the image itself, you can manipulate just based on what you choose to shoot. Right. You might crop out, you know, an unflattering corner of the room and that's still within the rules. So a corner that may or may not have some mould, as we're seeing in a lot of properties right now. Exactly. You're just, you know, choosing to shoot a little bit lower and miss that out. 
how important are the photos when it comes to selling a house? I mean, Christine put that really simply to me. She said the photos are the listing. You know, you don't have a listing without these beautiful pictures and often people won't even show interest in a listing if you don't have these professionally taken photos. And in a place like Sydney where there's all this competition and owners are trying to get the most rent in this expensive place with high mortgages, the photos are really, really key. Mm. But surely people will notice if they turn up to inspect the property and it looks completely different from those photos. I mean, they can only get you so far. Yeah, and Christine did say this to me uh, that, you know, sometimes you'll take these beautiful images and images are never going to look worse than the reality. You know, they're always going to look better. So people might say, oh, hang on, but it didn't look like this. Um, But she says, you know, they make up their own mind when they see the imperfections. And her job at the end of the day is just to get people through the door um, and fall in love with the space, hopefully, because to her, some places feel like a home with those imperfections. Next, how real estate agents lure in buyers with false and unrealistic house prices. So, Caitlin, another issue that you've been reporting on that's a bit more serious than photoshopping is the practice of underquoting. What is that? So underquoting is this pretty common practice where agents will post a listing price that's substantially below market value. So when the agent knows that the price guide they're providing is lower than what they estimate that the property will end up selling for. Mm. Or it can also be that they don't provide a reasonable guide based on the market. Mm. Um, So say you're looking to buy a house, you know, often people are spending months in this process now. Um, you see properties going for, say, 750 quite a few of them. You're thinking, okay, great, this is within my price bracket. Um, then you start spending money on all these services. You know, maybe you get an agent. Um, you're turning up to these inspections. And suddenly, in many cases that I've heard from people, the agent is actually saying, oh, no, that that's not the real price. Like, the house next door went for $1 million. And then you're thinking, hang on a second, why is it going for so much more? And then you're arriving at these auctions expecting this certain amount and all of a sudden you lose by a quarter of a million dollars. Hello. Hello. How you going, Paul? Good. How are you? Good. Caitlin, you introduced me to Paul Mulligan, who is a Sydney-based buyer's agent, which essentially means he helps people who are looking to buy a home, but he also used to sell houses as well. I've been in the industry now for uh, almost 25 years. So I've worked on both sides of the transaction. So I understand the entire process of um, the sale side and the buying side. And he told me that he's seen examples where houses are listed for hundreds of thousands of dollars less than their actual realistic price. You know, you you have clients saying, oh, you know, uh, I really like that unit. It's three bedrooms. It's beautiful. The agent's telling me it's 1.1. And look, it's 1.5, 1.6 every day of the week. Mm. Is that kind of common, having about a $500,000 underquote on a property? Um, No, generally it's probably, as far as regulation goes, there's a 10% variance allowed, but it's uh, average 20%. Mm. So people 
are looking at that property, um, doing their due diligence, like, you know, strata reports, building reports, pest reports, um, and then engaging a solicitor to review the contract. And, you know, they're, they're, there's a thousand bucks easy and, and um, they were never in the running. Like it was never, ever in their price range. Mm. And how common is it? I just, I just assume everything's underquoted. A buyer should, uh, if they're looking on domain and um, they've got a budget of, say, a million dollars, well, they probably should be looking at properties you know, just say it's a, a two-bedroom apartment or something like that, they probably should be looking up to about eight eight fifty, rather than the million mark because that's potentially where the property is. It really seems to be incredibly common. So last year, a Guardian Australia analysis of recent property sales found that 29 out of 30 Sydney properties that sold for a publicly disclosed price between the 8th of May and the 22nd of May sold for more than their price guide, including two that sold for $600,000 more. Mm. And it's not just Sydney. One buyer's advocate told me that he estimates up to 80% of properties in Victoria are underquoted. So real estate bodies have said that it really remains endemic due to these poorly regulated and under-policed regulations across much of the nation. Anecdotally, I've spoken to more than a dozen people that have experienced this, and many of them have just spent months and months and months experiencing this, turning up at all these listings and just getting really disappointed again and again. So it's seemingly really common. What is the thinking behind this? Why are real estate saying these houses are, you know, worth much lower than they really are? Yeah, well, essentially the idea behind it is that what they're trying to do is generate maximum interest for the property. So they're trying to get people at these inspections, they're trying to get them through the door, and they're also trying to get them on their system. So once they've got your contact details, um, they've kind of got you in their web, so to speak. So generating all this interest is attracting more prospective buyers for the property. Other than a frustrating experience for buyers, what does this lead to more broadly, Caitlin? Yeah, well, it's leading to people taking just all this time to buy a property and a lot of them are ending up regretting it essentially. So according to Hello House data, it's now taking an average of seven months for Australians to buy a property and 45% of people report buyer remorse, in large part due to practices like this because they've spent all this time, they just want to buy a house, they think, oh, I'm sick of this, I'll just go for this house. And then, you know, maybe it has defects or maybe it wasn't the property that they really hoped for. So, Caitlin, is this practice legal? Are real estate's allowed to do this? So, it's been illegal in Victoria and New South Wales for a number of years. And last year, New South Wales Fair Trading actually established a dedicated underquoting team to address rising concerns. So, basically, in New South Wales, you get this kind of blanket fine of $2,200. But there can be more serious penalties. For example, in Victoria, you can actually lose your sales commission, which can be thousands and thousands of dollars. And there's some evidence that these penalties are effective. There was one study at the University of Melbourne last year that found the introduction of underquoting laws did work to align listing prices with market values. Mm. But a lot of people say these laws just aren't doing enough to dissuade agents and that they're rarely policed and quite difficult to police. So there's no real disadvantage, really to be quite honest. If you think of it like the average fine, if an agent gets fined, is about two and a half grand. So if they're paid a 15 grand commission and they're selling four properties a month, it's a drop in the ocean. 
And we're seeing, in a sense, the ineffectiveness in the fact that a lot of these reports aren't leading to penalties. So if you look at Victoria, between July 2021 and July 2022, the consumer affairs body, which regulates underquoting, recorded almost 1,500 underquoting inquiries and complaints. And that's people that have bothered to go in and, and register it. But just 48 infringements were handed out and 171 official warnings were laid. Mm-hmm. What have regulators said to this idea that the system just isn't working or isn't tough enough? Well, New South Wales Fair Trading say that the laws regulating real estate agents have robust protections against misrepresentations about estimated selling prices and underquoting practices. And a spokesperson for Consumer Affairs Victoria said underquoting was taken very seriously. They said that agencies found doing the wrong thing faced these massive penalties of more than $36,000 and a loss of sales commissions. And they said they undertake year-round compliance activity, which includes auction monitoring, inspections and investigating where necessary. So, Caitlin, what could be done or should be done to protect buyers from this practice of underquoting? Well, people that I've spoken to said that they should really be naming and shaming the agents that are underquoting because at the moment that just isn't really being done. So agents aren't named and shamed for any wrongdoing whatsoever, which is a big problem. I believe that if agents were named and shamed, they would have to correct the practices. Some others have also said that the seller should actually face a fine for underquoting because they've said in most instances they're aware of what the house really should be going for and the disparity between that and the listing. Mm. And the Real Estate Institute of Victoria has lodged a submission to the Consumer Affairs Victoria, which is advocating for some broader transparency reforms, including enhancing compulsory statement of information which estimates pricing for all residential properties. What would these transparency reforms actually look like, Caitlin? Basically like better justifications of why a listing is being priced a certain way. So, for instance, if you've got a house next door that went for 1.1 and you're listing a property for 750000 why are you doing that if the house is similar? You know, like better transparency on why exactly a house is being listed as it is. Right, but outside of underquoting, are there just more protections that are needed in this industry for buyers? Yes, yeah, so a lot of people I spoke to just said the way that the system is geared is not in favour of the buyer and that really needs to change. And also people that, you know, might have trained to be a real estate agent were really disheartened by the way that you're taught all these tricks to cheat basically from the beginning. So the whole industry is kind of geared in this certain way that It's not in favour of transparency. That was Caitlin Cassidy, a reporter at Guardian Australia. You can find her reporting on the real estate industry, including her piece on photography, where you can see those before and after photos, at theguardian.com. We've also linked to them on the full story page as well. This episode was produced by Jordan Beasley and Joe Koning, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Mattignoni, Gabrielle Jackson, Molly Glassy, and me, Laura Murphy-Oates. If you liked this episode, don't forget to leave a rating or a review. Okay, catch you tomorrow.